welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, with me, your host, Jackson Stone. And I am currently in Carlsbad, California, with a return guest to the pod. Third official time on Jackson Talks, everybody. Um, second uh, one by himself. But you were, you were a really popular uh, guest last time we spoke. And when we spoke last time, we were in Oklahoma. Much different uh, scenario and environment now here in Carlsbad, California. But I'm, uh, I'm um, joined today by my very good friend, Sam Peck. Hello. Thanks for, thanks for, thanks for that, that nice lead-in. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm happy people enjoyed, or maybe they didn't, but they still watched the, the, the last episode I was on. I really enjoyed it. As did I. I really enjoyed it. I have also really enjoyed uh, our weekend together. Yeah, it's been great. A lot of our conversations have been um, very insightful. Yeah, and we, full we of going deep, full of wisdom. So we'll probably get to a few of those things here today. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining on this pod. No, I think we're just gonna wing it and just come up with brand new stuff. Maybe also maybe that's true too. <clears throat> but uh, backstory quickly: if you haven't watched the previous episodes with Sam and um. Episode number one is with all of my friends from college. That was actually uh, like like almost two years ago, maybe? Over two years ago. Over two years ago. And then before Sam moved out to California, I saw him in Oklahoma. We recorded an episode there. That's a really good one. That episode, not sure what number it is, but it's called Sam Pack. So simple. Easy, check that one out before you, uh, you check out this one, which will be Sam Pack part two. <clears throat> and before we get into some uh, meat and bones, you know uh, the question I'm going to ask you, but I like to have a quick lead up to it to make sure that uh, new listeners uh, or new viewers of the pod kind of understand the uh, um, the direction I'm trying to go and what this question means to me and how important I feel it is, especially in today, how everything is so polarizing and divided, how we can create some more understanding and some more love, some more empathy by you know, creating channels of dialogue that are open and honest and responsible and comfortable. So Sam, my friend, I'm asking you now today, uh, how are you doing? Like for real, for real. For real. Well, I feel like we've, we've, di- died, we've dived pretty deep into this yeah. over the last couple of days. Right. But for the people, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, so the, the last podcast, we talked about all the stuff I had coming up. Mm-hmm. Now some of that stuff is taking place. Yes. And things are going well. New job is extremely challenging, but I'm enjoying every minute of it. Beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> so you officially moved to Carlsbad in what month? March. March. This episode will come out in October. So you've got, a, you got, some, you got some decent amount of time here. You've got to get your feet wet a little bit in this area. Yeah. Initial thoughts, first initial reactions uh, about Carlsbad itself, which for those that don't know what Carlsbad, it's like, what, 40 minutes from San Diego? Yep. So that's the biggest city. It's about an hour and 20 minutes from Los Angeles. So we're in the southern part of California. Um, And yeah, Sam is from Oklahoma. We played baseball together at South Dakota State. Um, So Oklahoma, South Dakota, and California are very different places. Um, but I think that's really cool though, that you've experienced a lot of different environments and cultures. Um, I think it's helped you be a more open person. 
Yeah, it's really tested the limits of my ability to be a chameleon mm. and just fit in everywhere. Have you done that here? Yes, of course I did. Of course you did. But yeah, back to my original question. Initial thoughts um, on California or specifically where you live. You can't comment on the whole state. It's right. too big, but. Right. I think California as a state is kind of painted in a very specific color. And then, so I had all these preconceived notions coming out here, like what it was going to be like. And I feel like this Southern area that I'm living in and that I've been in now for like six months is not what I anticipated at all. Mm. It is a lot more like home than I anticipated. There are some, some differences. Sure. Um, Biggest one being like the price of everything is (laughs) just insane out here. And it is an emotional experience just going to the grocery store. But apart from that, I mean, I I don't really see anything too wildly different. It's just people. Mm. Everybody, everybody everywhere is doing some version of the same thing. They're just trying to get by, trying to live their life. I don't see anything so vastly different about California like I thought I would. Right. That leads me to be able to paint it any any other way than it's just normal people doing normal stuff. Well spoken. I try. Um, so you, you mentioned work being challenging. Yeah. So I have, I have a, a follow-up question on that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're familiar with what's called, the, it's called the challenge skills ratio no but you'll be you'll understand it completely very quickly once i understand it once you say the words and inform me but the challenge skills ratio is basically that you want to find things that challenge you to like a point where you're almost at the edge of your capacity on like the point where you might snap but you like fall back a little bit so you like are on the edge of snapping and stretching yourself so like the challenge enough is like not too anxiety driven, but it's like there's enough anxiety where it gets you excited and it's not too easy where it's just creating boredom. So it's like right in the in the sweet spot of the challenge skills ratio, which is a lot of what like sports do and like like different new experience do and you challenge yourself. That's what happens, right? You expand your ed- your capacity for growth. You find out where my, my new edge is, um, but you're not snapping where it's not so challenging where it's like completely impossible task and you're just like, you keep falling and falling and falling, but you're giving yourself a chance to succeed over a long haul. And that's like the, the basis of the challenge skills ratio. Do you feel like that's you're in that middle ground for you and your new job? Or do you feel like it's on the more snapping part of the, the, the ratio? It varies. So day to day, I mean, that's like anybody's job. Anybody... You're going to have weeks that are ju- you're just getting bombarded. You're just getting kicked. You, everything that could come up is coming up. Mm. And you have to tackle anything and everything. You've got this meeting that you're getting called away to. You've got this thing that your boss now wants you to do. You've got anything and everything that could possibly get thrown onto your plate that week is going to happen. And then there's other weeks where it's a lot lighter. Um, when I do have those weeks, I try to go to a different area 
help them out because it's not something that is somebody's forcing me to do i don't view that as work mm. that's me like trying to better myself trying to help them out in the process and i think that makes everybody better i there's definitely a lot more stuff that i could get tapped for and i could get pushed even further i don't i haven't been to a point where i thought I was going to snap. I've had moments where I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little overwhelmed in this moment. I'm going to walk away for a little bit. Just let it breathe for a minute. And then we're going to come back. We're going to identify everything that needs to get done, prioritize it. And then we're going to go after the first thing on the list, get that out of the way mm. and then work our way down. So I haven't been to the point where I just was like throwing my hands up in the air, like I'm done. So yeah, there's definitely more that could get added to me, but at a certain point you get really diminishing returns with constantly asking the same people to do a multitude of different things. Mm. So sort of it's a sliding scale, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that I think you're right. Um most of the time uh the challenge skills ratio isn't like always related to your specific job because like you said it's going to have ups and downs in it this is i mean i'm i'm broadening the the topic and the meaning of the topic a little bit just to kind of have this conversation with you but it's mostly about like one specific skill that you're trying to accomplish like i want to get better at rock climbing okay that's how it relates like really on like a micro level but i would, i figured it would be a good question to ask you you decided to figure out a way to pigeonhole it into this. Yes, I did. Because I heard challenge and that's where my brain immediately went to because I'm taking this course um, on how to, uh, basically how to create more flow in your life. And you know what flow is, of course. For those that don't know what flow is, flow is like the most optimal state that a human being can be in. If you've ever done a skill or have a hobby or been in sports and it's like that state that your mind and your body is in, it's like there's no thinking, everything is you're completely concentrated. It feels like you're at your very best. That's the state of flow. And there's like some triggers and some things you can do and put into place to allow yourself to get into flow more often. So it basically creates more efficient, productive, concentrated work. So you can work less hours and get more done. And then you have more time for experiences and relationships and other types of hobbies. Um, that's kind of what the idea is from. And then, so that's where I got the challenge skills ratio. Um, cause that's how you can hack some of your other, like if you have a super high flow trigger, which maybe for you is like, uh, I don't know, bike riding, let's say, right. Bike riding. It's like, boom. So if you, whatever kind of mode you get into to get that flow into, into, um, for bike riding, you kind of hack that and then add it to like another skill that you have less flow in. And so that you can be flowy in something that's like a little bit more tedious, not as exciting as bike riding. Is that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. You're playing <clears throat> psychology games on yourself. Yes, exactly. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, positive psychology basics just to kind of hack, you know, how we work, which is, yeah, the basis of like, you know, peak performance and all that stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, on that topic of like courses and books and stuff, what do you, what do you got, what are you reading right now? I That's am, helping you learn or grow or develop some new skills. I am rereading thinking fast and slow. I listened to it on Audible 
It's something I listened to when I ran a bunch just to have something going on. And it's great book, very insightful. Um, rereading it right now, the hard copy version so that I can make notes. All the books that I go through and read, I'm underlining stuff, I'm marking stuff. There's always going to be a piece of paper in there that has like a list of page numbers for what I really thought was good. That way if I ever reference back, I know, hey, if you want to find the real nuggets that you saw the last time, go mm. to this. And then if you want to reread it, here's the things that you saw last time. Years down the road, might pick out something different. Yeah. So. Is there something that you're trying to uh, help develop in yourself? Is that why you started to reread that book? Or you just really liked it a lot and you just wanted to touch back on the information that you learned? Or are you trying to hone in on something specific? Yes. There was a lot of questions and words in that question. There was a couple questions. Um, <laughs> it, is a, it is a good book. And I remember when I was listening to it, hearing something and being like, man, I wish I could like clip that part yeah, that yeah. I just heard, but I can't do it on Audible. Or maybe like, you can't, and I just don't know. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. But I wanted to like save that spot so that I could go to get the book and then mark it. Couldn't do that. And I was running anyway, so I didn't want to stop every time. Right. Uh, but it is a very good book. And another book that I just finished referenced back to it, and it kicked my brain on like, oh, yeah, I need to go back, reread that, and do some annotating. Mm. Sweet. But as far as like what it – I'm huge into how the brain works, why the brain thinks the way that it thinks, because – you can hack your own mind and you can pick up on things that people say if you are very cognizant of your own thinking you'll start to pick up on people's words and the specific words that they use in certain situations good or bad you can start to figure out okay that person's not actually feeling that good mm. because just the way they responded I recognize something they did in myself that I do when I'm not feeling that great. Mm. And then you can address it as you see fit. Is that two questions again? Okay. Is that why like a language in words has become so important to you? Or the words that you specifically use? Um, and also how did you gain that awareness? To pick up on people first, like that. The first question is the one I'm struggling with. So you, um, so you said that you can pick up on people, what people say, right? Yep. So that means that if you can pick up on what they're saying, that means it's resonated with words and language that you used before in your own life to describe certain feelings and emotions and yep. circumstances. So then when did that become important to you? So I've always been like, and this is... Got interested in psychology a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And to be completely honest with you, it was because I had to work with pitchers. Oh, okay. So that baseball, full circle here. So uh, a little connected dots. Sam was a catcher. So that's why he worked closely with the pitchers, if you don't remember from our previous episode. Or if you just wanted another insight into yeah. Sam Pack before he became 
this fucking deezed up monster. Jesus. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, you're going to see this horrific tan line. We tried. We sat at the pool today for a while. We're doing good. I mean, I, I always have a tan. But I know. I got some work to do. Yeah. Thanks, Mom, for the skin tone. Love you. Love you, Lori. All right. Circle back. <laughs> so, dealing with the pitchers. Yeah. You know as well as I do. Every one of them's different. Every right. one of them, their their egos are like very kind of. Some of them are very fragile. Sure. And they absolutely need some success to build confidence. Mm -hmm. Those people specifically. Some people can get up on the mound, walk eight in a row, and then punch out everybody. Yeah. Just they're just built that way. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, okay, how can I, for lack of a better term, manipulate this person's brain mm -hmm. to get them to do what they need to do? Some guys you had to amp up. Some guys you had to really calm them down. Some guys I went out and talked about absolutely nothing. Some guys I went out and talked about everything involved in the whole situation. It was very case by case. So that's what got me initially interested in the psychology aspect <clears> of it. Because I'm trying to, everything going on around us could be complete chaos. I've got to get you to listen to what I'm saying, trust what I'm saying, and then go execute whatever game plan we have. So that is where the psychology thing began. What was your question? <laughs> Uh, I mean, that was part of it. That was part of it. So I got that part. But then the other part of, of it, that's when it became important. But when did you start to notice it in like conversations with people? That's how when some, I started to pick up on like how some of the stuff that they said were similar to things that you've done or said when you might have been feeling a certain way at a certain time. So it was just like analyzing. I'm going to stop doing that because that's an annoying click that nobody wants to hear. In this episode, no. <laughs> So I'm obviously very cognizant, have been for a long time, introspective about why I'm thinking what I'm thinking. And during times, like people choose very specific words when they're talking about name a subject. Mm -hmm. um, you can pick up on a lot by listening to how what words people use and how they use them to describe things like you have a conversation with somebody and they get they start talking about their parents and they get very animated with hand gestures when they're talking about their dad mm -hmm. or they use very different words when describing their father as opposed to their mother it's like okay your dad like it's clearly your favorite parent and like no i love both my parents equally <laughs> no you don't <laughs> okay so I started really thinking about it was always after a conversation like somebody would ask me how I'm doing or whatever and I started said what I said walked away and then I thought like why did I pick why that word specifically and thought about it and just had it in my head it's like okay that's why I said it and then just randomly having a conversation with somebody else and they use similar word and I'm, it just 
perked my ears up. Mm. Just thought about it for a little bit. I'm like, okay, that sounds eerily similar to what I said. It's like, okay, I'm just going to pay attention to this person and see if what they're saying, the words that they're using are matching up with their actions and what they're doing. And it gives you a pretty good indicator. And sometimes it's completely wrong. Sometimes people, that's just the word that they chose to use and they had no thought behind it. But mm. if you're keyed in on it, it can give you a lot of insight. And it's This is also why I like it and it's not necessarily a good thing. It, it allows you to pick up when people are lying a lot easier. Yeah. And I enjoy that. I love knowing when somebody is feeding me BS and I'll just let them, let them talk. It's like, okay, cool. I know where we stand now. Mm. Yeah, it's a beautiful answer. So, thank you. Um, and then my, my second question for that was, how did you develop the awareness to discover that? But I think you answered that as part of the reason how you sorted it out. Thank God. I, I think you did, right? You talked a lot, so. No, you did, right? Because like developing awareness in one starts with committing to paying attention. Yeah. Whether it's paying attention to our own thoughts and how we manage what's going on upstairs and how we interact with other people, or it's keenly paying attention to the human that they're speaking to, right? And so I think that's really important. Um, and do you think people, yeah, because, I mean, I think most of the time people are paying attention to respond, not to listen. Mm -hmm. And so you've made the conscious awareness effort and decision to say, I'm going to pay attention to listen and let that information digest and register and then respond in, in a way that I feel is like thoughtful and appropriate. Yeah, most people definitely listen to just talk back to you yeah um with kind of analyzing your your own mind and why you choose certain words i've found like it's just even if you're having just a, a normal conversation like, the how you doing like what response are you going to get when somebody asks or you ask how you doing in in what context like in a normal setting like in a uh, you are walking, the uh, waitress asks you, hey, how you doing? Or you ask her, how you doing today? She's going to say good, fine, or okay. Yeah. But like, she's, not, she's not thinking that I'm asking that question because I want a real answer. She's thinking that I'm asking that question the way everyone else asks that question, which is like a version of saying hello. Yeah. And so she's also saying hello by just saying, I'm good. If you ask people that you work with, that you are more close to. Yeah. What answer are you gonna get? I get usually I get long answers. Okay, that makes more sense in your line of work. Right. That does make more sense. If I'm if I'm been around a person enough, uh, and they know who I am and they know what work I do, then when I ask that question, I get usually I get a decent response. You know, because I've created some trust, and um, and I think they know that I actually am trying to ask them yeah. that question. Um, sometimes uh, it is just like, you know, I'm okay. I'm, you know, but that's, sometimes I'm okay is the really is the most genuine answer. Yeah. And there's not much else you want to say about it. Like things aren't amazing, but like 
I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm doing it, you know? Um, I don't think I've ever given a long-winded response to how you doing. Yeah? I don't think ever. Because, well, like, my personality is like, my problems are my problems. Even if I'm having a great day. Yeah. I might be a little bit more animated about, oh, I'm doing great. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to kind of breeze by that question. Sure. But... As, as I was saying before, like, if you are kind of keyed in on how you respond to things, even if it is just like a normal, how you doing type of question, you might, it might be one of those things that's just like that. Like, it's just a hello, essentially. Mm -hmm. But if somebody says it a certain, responds a certain way back, you might, you're, like I said, it might just hit your ear a different way. Mm -hmm. like, and get you to actively listen and actively focus on how are they acting compared to what they just said? How's this rest of this conversation going? So it's just like a tip right? to keep, keep, uh, keep on the watch for discontinuity in, in their actions and words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely, you can definitely read something off that, even just a small answer. And there could be some sort of follow up question after that. If you want to try to gain a little bit more, insider information or you can just take it as is and see what happens next I think yeah, yeah. Crush, but like crush that question yeah you did <laughs> uh, but I just I really think it's super interesting how one question has and what answer comes has so many different variables to it and it can go in an endless amount of directions you know whether the two people feel comfortable together whether how well, you know, each person is doing respectively and like all sorts of different factors. And I think that's really cool about, you know, just conversations in general and creating relationships with people. Um, because it's hard to know fully if someone is really being truthful and honest and open with you. But like building rapport and and connection over time, I think allows for a bit or a bit, a, you know, a bit of more understanding of that. But it's still very, you know, complex and nuanced, I, I think. Yeah, 100%. And especially like going into like you're building that relationship, right? And you don't know how this person talks about certain things. So like you kind of have to trust them at the beginning. But going into the phrase that we've been touting all weekend, you're going to verify. I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> uh, I found a way to, to you, steer us there. You segued into it. Beautifully. <laughs> Sir, should you host a podcast? Look at you. I thought I was going to do the intro for this one. I mean, you, we, we can run it back. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did a good job. We can run it back. You, you were talking so loud, I cannot wait for somebody to complain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Probably be the first time they're aware that somebody actually lives in this apartment. Oh, like someone complains about this. No, you were just exceptionally loud at the beginning. Oh, 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 oh. I was like, all my listeners are going to be like, this is, we're fired up about it. You were full on yelling. I was, well, I was also laughing. And so like the combination of the two got me really excited. And, you know, seeing you is always so nice. <clears throat> uh, that was a really loud um too. Sorry. <laughs> oh, this mic is going to pick it up. Wee, 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 wee. Let's do a quick recap of our weekend. Okay. I'm on. I'm full steam right now, dude. Yeah, I'm you rolling. Are fired up. <clears throat> but today is uh, September twelfth. Uh, 
2021. If you know, as your regular listener, episodes come out four weeks post. Um, so this will be out in October. So we're getting ready for Halloween. Woohoo. <clears throat> Dress up as Jackson Stone. If you decide to, I'll send you a bunch of free shirts and stuff. And I don't, I don't know. I dress like a, a regular guy, so I don't know what you're supposed to dress up as. But anyways, uh, off topic. Uh, I got here Friday, which was September 10th, which was uh, World Suicide Prevention Day. Um, if you haven't checked out the video I did for that, please do. It's really special to me and important to me. And what's also important about Suicide Prevention Week, month, day is that it's supposed to educate us help us bring awareness to a really, really important topic. And then um, as September and Suicide Prevention Month ends, we decide to make mental health and suicide prevention a 365-day year effort, something that we can all play a role in. So if you haven't looked at some of that stuff, please go back and check that out and um, and prioritize yourself and, and your mental health and your journey. So that was Friday I got here. I arrived at like 10.30 um, Sam didn't get off work till like five. So I just like moseyed around in Pacific beach, which is closer to the airport, which is like in the heart of San Diego. And I just like went to the beach and went to a bar, had a few Bud Lights, was carrying around my luggage everywhere, which like, if you need a conversation starter, man, carrying your luggage around was like the easiest conversation starter I've ever had. Like I generally don't have trouble like having a conversation with someone as you can probably tell. So I do like 45 minute episodes just by myself, just talking the whole time. <laughs> and so with another person there, it's much, it's much better. Uh, and so that was great. So if, I don't know if you, if you want to try that social experiment let me know, I have a hypothesis on it and I'll get back to you about it. Uh, cause, uh, Sam might be implementing it here himself cause he's new to the city and, uh, yeah, and why, why not? not? Why not? So then we, Sam met up with me and we went to this uh, country bar in San Diego, um, which was just not a country bar, just like the waitresses were wearing like cowboy boots. That was the extent, that was the extent of it. But it was a really cool bar. It's called Moonshine. Uh, and then we went to a few other places. Um, and then Saturday we wanted to, Sam's never been to LA uh, and never been to the Dodgers game. We're, we're huge baseball fans. We played baseball in college. That's how we know each other. So we went to L.A. Uh, I saw some of my cousins that live out there. Saw some of my friends, family, all this beautiful stuff. Sam was with me throughout all of it. And then uh, then we went to the Dodgers game. Yeah. Initial thoughts, uh, feelings, comments, concerns about the Dodgers stadium itself. Loved it. It's historic. It's beautiful. Beautiful park. Was it like the third oldest? Is it? Something like that. It still really feels like a baseball field. Like... Yeah. Cardinal Stadium in St. Louis, Cubs, Dodgers, like they feel like like I know I'm watching a baseball game. Yeah. You know? Some of these newer stadiums, which are beautifully built and designed and great, they just don't it doesn't have the same like feeling, you know? Yeah, there's it's the history. They don't have that stain of history. Right. Yeah, it was great. Uh, always so the Dodgers games are always like the last ones on. TV, and so a lot of times I would get done with work, this was years ago, get done with work, go home, and it'd be like 10, 10.30 at night, and the Dodgers would still be on. So like, shower, changing over, like winding down to go to bed, and just had Dodger game on. Mm. So like, they have, were like a nightly routine there for a while. Yeah. 
So yeah, it was great to be there. Cool to see a game. Yeah, it was great. <clears throat> you got to hit up almost. I mean, there's two other stadiums just really close to you that you could hit up. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm sure going you, to. I'm sure you will next season. Season's almost over. We only have three weeks left. Last two we'll weeks. See. You might hit them. I might. You might. Uh, and then um, this morning we were in a hotel room in Los Angeles. And the fire alarm went off at about 7.01 a.m. And there was a legit fire in the hotel. Uh, I was a, a bit scared. Sam was like cool and calm and collected. <laughs> it was like we put up my stuff in the suitcase and we just walked out. And everyone was fine. No one got hurt. Everything's great. Los Angeles Fire Department crushed it. But that woke us up mad early. Yeah. Uh, and we got out of there like 8.30 Made it back to here by bike 10-ish. Uh, moseyed around a little bit, went out to the beach, went to this cool restaurant called Park 101, went to the pool, did some work out there. Now we're filming this pod, and then we're gonna go have some dinner, and I fly out tomorrow morning very early, and Sam also has work on Mondays. <clears throat> so that's a recap. Yeah. You got anything to add about that? No, it was, a, uh, it was an exciting way to wake up this morning. <laughs> it was. It'll, yes. It'll get you up and aware quickly. Quick. Very you quick. You hear alarms going off. Yeah, because I recently changed my alarm clock. I don't use my phone anymore to wake up. I've changed it to I bought this alarm clock. So it's like bird noises and chirps and like nature calls. And it's like, <laughs> it like it's very like. It easy. slowly builds up yeah. over like 10 minutes to like slowly wake me up. So I'm not like, Bleh. and then I have like a very specific morning routine that I do that I've talked about on this podcast pro ad nauseum, so I won't mention it again here right now. Um, uh, but you guys know about my morning routine. Please check that out or like start to discover your own morning routine. I think that's really beneficial for your life. <clears throat> Anyways, so that was how I normally wake up now and like waking up to that was like a lot for we me. Got to, we got to shake it up this morning. And then when I like got outside, my like legs hadn't like adjusted to being woken up that quick yet. So I was like very <laughs> unstable, um, very <laughs> unstable. We also had some drinks the night before, so that like added to my dehydration as well. So there were some moving parts. And then we got some coffee, which basically brought me back to life. And then we left. But, but the, real, the real thing we need to discuss here, Sam, is what I have a few questions to ask you. Always. Who's your World Series prediction? And... Oh, not yet. I won't, I won't break that up just yet. Who's yours? Who's my World Series prediction? Yeah. Well, I told my dad that if the Giants make the World Series, we're going because we're from San Francisco. So I, I, I'd love to see the Giants in it. And, um, and I don't know who I have in the American League. You got, you got some options there. You um, go with your White Sox. I do like the White Sox. I'm a big fan of uh, Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu. And I think the Craig Kimbrell trade was beautiful Yeah, for, for that squad. I think that would be a really fun World Series. So I'll go Giants-White Sox. That fires me out. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else. That's, that's a unique World Series. White Sox, Astros. And Chicago and San Francisco have like good baseball cities so yeah. I feel like that'd be that'd be awesome and then it's three AL East teams that's what it's looking like anyway yeah Tampa Bay Yankees 
Boston and Blue Jays are outside. Blue Jays. Right I'd like to see the Blue Jays in it. They're only a couple games back. They could very well get in. So who are you? Who are you seeing in the World Series? I've been beating the Dodger drum for a while now. So you're going with them? I feel like I got to stick to my guns at this point. Fair. The Giants just have been refusing to cooperate with some of the predictions that I've made yeah. thus far. But we're going to just hit that buzzer one more time and just go with the Dodgers in the NL. The uh, repeat. Yeah. I mean, they picked up Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, so yeah, Max Scherzer's Max Scherzer, 7-0. and Max Scherzer was, what did he get? Was it the eighth inning today? Yeah, he gave up one hit in eight innings. Yeah, perfect game going into it. Through seven and like seven and two thirds, one third, perfect game. Yeah. And then he got a hit. Yeah, I think so. Something like and that. I'm so happy that he gave up a hit because if he would have thrown a perfect game the day after we were there, I would have been heartbroken. We saw Walker Buehler throw. I watched him throw for a year. And we saw former South Dakota State Jackrabbit Blake Trinan throw. He, he was on the mound. But we did not <laughs> see former Plano West Wolves uh, standout Billy McKinney, who I also played with. He was in the dugout with my guy, Albert Pujols. Yeah, Albert didn't even get in the game. I wore my St. Louis Cardinals Albert Pujols jersey to the game because he's my favorite player of all time. And uh, when the Dodgers fans saw the front... They were, like, trying to be a little combative with me. Yeah. But then I quickly explained that it's an Albert Pujols jersey and he's my favorite player. They were like, oh, love. A lot of love for Pujols. I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah. He's a cherished man. He is. He's a beautiful man. He's a, he's a... I don't even think they need to do voting for Hall of Fame for him. No. He's like he's a Derek Jeter. He's like a Derek Jeter type. He's first ballot. For sure. Um, and then I want some uh, MVP predictions for AL and NL, and then we're going to move on to... The most important saying of the weekend. AL, I'm going to take the Rays. Rays. Yeah, why not? So you're going to a repeat, repeat World, World Series. Series. I like that. Yeah. I, I like to the see it run back. That would be cool. They don't have Glass now, though. Yeah. So. He's cool as shit, though. Yeah. He seems really cool. I don't know. He's got a little elbow barking. Does he? Yeah, yeah, TJ. Oh, he did? I think. So he's out till next year? Yeah. He's a stud. Very, very good at baseball. Yeah, he's good at had baseball. Had some issues when they took away the old sticky stuff, though. Really? Yeah. That's, he what, he, that's what he blames his elbow on. It's like I had to grip harder. Like, mm, mm. Interesting. Were you using the same stuff in high school, in college? I, I, maybe. 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 He, uh, you know Mike Stud? Now just his name is just Mike? Yes. He has a podcast and he had Glass Now on. It's sort of like a really good conversation. Oh, cool. You should check it out. <clears throat> okay, now we got MVP candidates. Don't we don't even have to talk about the AL? Yeah, it's Shohei Otani. That's been locked up since since like he had one at bat, April second, and through a pitch. He hit one home run and struck out one guy, and they were like, "Locked, give it to him." I mean, he's like best player in the world right now. So yeah, it's phenomenal. With the other guy on his team, who's also the best player in the he's world. Phenomenal. He freaking hit in the home run derby and then started the all-star game the next day that's unbelievable <laughs> baffling i've seen i've seen like 13 year olds do that yeah but to do it on a world-class level is, in, is incredible for both yeah that's like being a freaking switch hitter like you have to be a stud on both sides of the plate right to play in the big leagues 
you get half as many swings on A side than everybody else gets for like BP. Yeah. So you've got to chop up, okay, I'm feeling good on this side or I'm gonna, I gotta go early and take extra hacks on this side because it's not feeling right. Now this side feels good. Now there's something wrong with this side. So now I gotta do the same thing over here. That's tough. And now you're doing it on the mound. Mm -hmm. And oh, I'm just gonna blow 97 and oh, I'm not, I'm not pitching today. Bomb. I'm in the outfield though. Cool. Yeah, I'm in the game. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. He's a freak athlete. I love it. I love it. I love him. I love it. I love him. And I love it. I love him and I love it. But do you love it? I love him and I love it. Mm. Cool. Nice. So he's got an A out. That they don't even need to do voting. Yeah, by a mile. He might win next year's ballot this year. <laughs> That's how far ahead he is. <laughs> uh, and the NL's uh, is up for grabs. Yeah. Who did we... Who like, did I would we... give it to Tatis Jr., maybe. I mean, Bryce Harper's having a very good year. He is. A very quiet good year. He's having a good year. Max Muncy is having a pretty good year, but he's not, I don't know if he's an MVP candidate. He is. Um, he's like, I think he's... I mean, Trey Turner leads the league in hits. He does. Right. Um, Max Muncy, I think he's like third in just the stuff that I've seen. Excuse me. Who else did we talk about? We had this conversation and we identified some other people. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. And now I can't remember. I mean, my two were Tatis Jr. and Bryce Harper. I don't think Tatis is going to win it. No. He's got 39 bombs, 38 bombs. He's hitting, what, like 250? His average isn't very high, though. Yeah. But he's got a lot of ribbies. I mean, I really don't care about batting average, but they look at it. And he's extremely valuable to his team. Like, if the Padres didn't have Tatis, they'd be in, like, last place. Oh, I know. And same with that, the Phillies. That even video they... of him sliding into third where he hurt his shoulder was played, like, a million times. Yeah. Padres Nation was just crying in their cereal. Devastated. To a point where I was getting kind of irritated. I'm like, mm, they still have other players. They and do. He is a stud, don't get me wrong. Very good. His shoulder's going to need surgery at some point, though. Yeah, I'd probably get it in the offseason. Uh, I don't know how long the recovery is for mm. that. I don't, I don't know. Also, also, I don't know the severity of it. So. It keeps coming out, so... But he's going to play until... It ain't good. He's going to play until their season's over, and then I'm sure they'll evaluate. I hope he plays. I like to see the best guys out there. Yeah. He's good for the game. Beautiful for the game. Yeah. More excitement, more energy, more love. Express your emotions. Play the game hard. It's great. Okay. Cool. Do you have, a, do you have like a definitive answer, or we're just, we're just going with those guys? I don't have a definitive answer. Me neither. There's nobody like Otani just jumps off the page. Right. In the NL, it's a lot tougher. Um, I'll go with Bryce Harper. Big Bryce. Nice. That'll be a second MVP trophy. Pretty good. If some other some of his teammates could get on base, his some of his numbers would look a lot. His RBIs would be up there. RBIs. Yeah. Because he's got how many home runs? He's like 30 home runs or something. And like, like half, half of them. 27 of them are solo shots. Yeah. But like <laughs> half of them are to give the Phillies the lead or tie the game for them. 
That's huge. That that's the number I saw on ESPN, which was then I was like, oh, he's got to be in for MVP then because he's valuable as shit to his team. Yeah. So, okay. So now, now to the the real important stuff here. Okay, Mark Mashbitz, my father. Legend. A legend, absolute legend. Has a saying. He has two of them, actually. But we're going to specifically talk about one. He has a saying. The first one is, proper planning prevents piss-poor performance, which I think holds a lot of weight. And then number two is trust, but verify. A quote from Ronald Reagan. And my dad has made it. Uh, he says it a lot to me. I did not know that came from old Ronnie. According to the internet, it does. Uh, and according to my dad, it does. And he's very smart. That's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. What does that statement mean to you? Trust, but verify. It is elegant in its simplicity. Right. And the core of it is even harder to explain without being so simple that it, it is just easily understood. Mm. Just understanding those two words should give people a good indication of, of what it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust what people are saying, what people are doing. But I'm going to verify. But I'm going to verify. Because I think that's important, right? Because words don't always line up. Words and actions don't always mean the same thing. Mm. So I'm going to verify. We'll keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but something I talk about a lot on this podcast is be about it. I talk a lot about like uh, social media and things of that nature. And like there's um, stuff that kind of happens every month. There's an awareness about this. There's a, a month about this. There's a thing about this. Something happens in the world about this. And then people go on social media and they tweet about it and they post about it, which is great. It spreads the awareness. It allows for more people to look at the hashtags and find out the relevant information and dig deeper in their own scale, right? But that's a social media platform. That's not day-to-day life. So like if you're going to post about it and then you step out the door into real relationships and conversation and your job and you're not being about it, then it holds no weight, right? So we're trusting that what you're saying on social media is something you truly believe and then we're verifying it. Yeah. Someone is, I'm not, but in your life it's being verified. Oh yeah, you're always being watched. By the connections you create and the karma you have and the things of that nature. And so I think that's important. I think that's how I relate to it. Like I'm fundamentally a very optimistic person. So I believe the best in people. And I believe the things they're saying to me are true. But I cannot be so naive and delusional not to have uh, a conscious awareness about what they're saying or how it might affect me or what might be off or different or uh, a white lie or a big lie about the words that they're saying. So I have to verify those things through how they act. And their constant behavior over a long period of time. Has that been difficult to flip that switch to where you're, it's not necessarily that you're mistrusting them, right? Like you're paying attention to make sure that things line up. Has that been difficult switch to flip for you? Yes. Because anytime someone comes to me and says anything, I want help. 
and I've run into situations now because I speak about the things that I speak about that some people do message me or come to me and they start that message or that conversation with something really outrageous and um, like almost attention getting so they know that I'll respond, right? And so that, that initial message may not be truthful, but now that I've learned, okay, that's just to grab my attention so that I speak or talk to them or message them back, but I'm willing to do that if you just say, hello. Like, but now I know that there's something that they do want to talk about. It may not be to the severity of this initial message. And so then I'm basically trusting, but verifying, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm going down deeper into the conversation to actually figure out what the root is, to actually figure out what they do want to talk about and what is real and honest. And it's there, just they had this like message at the beginning that was like grabbing me and being like, this is what we're doing right now, you know? Which is fine. Don't touch me like that again. Yes, sir. Continue. But it's the same way like uh, you see a good movie uh, preview, right? Yeah. Uh, has the same kind of... Uh, Gotta love the trailer that is yeah. way better than the movie. Yeah, that's, that's happened. Yeah. <clears throat> we've, we've all been hoodwinked by, for sure. by some good editing. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so that's been challenging for me. I, I can see that. Like your, your personality is not one to mistrust anything that people are saying. But you get... Sometimes you get why you and I balance each other here because I'm the opposite right I'm going um, without even knowing the quote trust but verify is something that I have done my entire life and I think it's from an early age I was kind of my parents didn't give me any illusions about the world they mm. like some people are very deceitful and they are going to try to fleece you they're going to try to get their get something out of you. So I was keenly aware of like things like that go on. So I've had my eye out for it for a long time. So that, obviously that switch has been just on yeah. since day one. Constantly. Yeah. It's a good counterbalance here. Yeah, I think that's, that's the basis of good friendships. Yeah. You know? If we were exactly alike, I don't know if we would talk. Probably not. <laughs> probably would not care for each other too much yeah yeah you've been uh you've been a good humility check for me for for a good long time especially when we were in school mm -hmm. now as my unofficial official unofficial job right now at, we're just like extremely close and open and you still like to give me a hard time but it's in a different it's a different it's much different than it used to be yeah yeah now i don't feel like i need to keep you level yeah you are keeping yourself level now i give the occasional sanity check yeah of course yeah but I'm, I, I need it now yeah like i need it in a way that i'm so used to being friends with you that it's like okay sam <laughs> yeah be the the outside voice here but it's really cool how how our um, how friendship has evolved over time you know yeah it's really quite beautiful, actually. Maybe that's not the word that you would use to describe it, but... Probably not, but it has matured, and it is an adult friendship. Like, we talk to each other about real shit. Yeah. And, like, yeah, we provide sanity checks for each other. You 
you check me when I'm being a little bit too, like, not caring. And, like, coming out here, yeah, you're leaving everybody you know. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And you're like, all right. You good? Are you good? You good? <laughs> yeah. And even if I don't, like, admit it to you then, it does make me then think about it. Yeah. And just have my own internal conversation. I know that that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I, yeah, we talked about that the whole, this basically this whole episode, our internal dialogue, you yeah. know, how important that is and what that can look like for each person and how that internal dialogue relays into like actual communication with other people. But yeah, the evolution of all of our friendships from college have been really quite magical. Me and Al's is pretty much the same. Is it? Yeah. I th- like we talked about earlier, he and I are like pretty similar in a lot of ways. And so, even as we've grown, our, you have different personalities around different people, right? Yeah. I think that you might not. You are pretty much genuinely yourself, always. But I think... Oh, thank you. A lot of people... That's very nice of you. I think a lot of people kind of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they project a certain version of themselves yeah they show certain parts of their personality to certain people in certain situations yeah and like he and i have pretty much we've obviously grown and developed in a a lot of different ways but our relationship is still pretty similar to what it was yeah we're both going to give you shit (laughs) fairly consistently to the point where sometimes it felt like we were just beating you up in college yeah yeah, but you needed it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that. Yeah, we've, we've. Thank you. Oh, just hit the mic. Sorry, yeah, that's Sorry, okay. Folks. <clears throat> yeah, it's. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. How, I don't have anything else to say to that, except that I'm thankful for it. I'm glad. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that we all stuck around each other and we've all been there for some really good stuff and some really bad stuff all to lead us to visiting each other and me forcing you guys to be on my podcast and answer these questions about life, love and growth and change and mental health and all of these things now that are the basis of my entire life, which you guys have, you know, openly accepted as part of who I am now, which has been really made the transition into like trying to become something more a lot easier right if people in your life are open and willing to accept change in you then that you can see everything around you grow and and become better that this like our whole friend group that is entirely because of you like we are still talk and do all this stuff we would probably still talk occasionally big events Mm. stuff like that but the reason we talk as much as we do is entirely because of you and another thing i want to address here (laughs) <laughs> you, you have changed but you, you always you say this on the podcast pretty consistently like you, you make it seem like you were a completely different person than you were in college you're not mm. you were always this guy you always cared I always saw this side of you you had a little bit more boisterous activities that you were doing being the life of the party, being mm. the guy that 
hey, you, everybody knows who you are mm. because you, you had a big personality. Right. But you always cared. Yeah. You, yeah. And so I've heard that multiple times and it's, it, it hit me weird. Like I knew who you were. Yeah. If I thought you were just the person that you think you were then. Right. Well, we wouldn't have been friends. Mm. I would not have gotten along with you. But I knew this person was who you were. Yeah. And now you've just allowed that to be who you project to the world. Mm. How do you like that? I like that. That's a little insight, a little nugget. And you know that I'm always paying attention. I know. Jesse said the same thing. You know that you can trust the words that are coming out of my face and into your ears. I I do trust. I don't don't ever verify with you. I just trust. (laughs) And once you get to a certain point. Then I think that's, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, Sam. You're welcome, man. You needed to hear it. Sometimes I do. It's just like, what am I trying to say? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like, oh, like, no matter what, like, I was, I, I loved the people that I loved, like, if that makes sense. Like, if you were in the circle, then you got all of me. Yeah. Like, I would literally do anything for those people. And then, but then if you weren't in that, it was like, mm, you know, there was like a bit of this, like, not wanting to, um, what am I trying to say? You cared to degrees. Like, you still cared about the teammates, even the ones we didn't get, necessarily get along with. Right. You still cared about them. Yeah. Now it's just expanded more. Yeah. The degree of openness, I think, you know. But thank you for saying that that's, like, always been part of me. Because sometimes I struggle with that, like, like I struggle with thinking about like who the people that I knew at South Dakota State and they knew only like this other version of me and then they watch some of my content now and they think like, oh, that's not, it's fake. that's not fit. That's not real. Like that's very it's disingenuous. That's, that's very performative. He's just doing this for like some clout and I know something bad happened in his life. I understand that. But now he's taking it on this whole new level and it's like, doesn't feel genuine and I, that's like one of my biggest insecurities is like people not seeing what I post on like Twitter or Instagram or this podcast and then like it not lining up with if they just like meet me in a grocery store and they just happen to be like, oh my God, I watched it. Like, you know, whatever. Or like we just happen to like go get drinks or like, and I'm just like, this is not the person that I present. It's like, so I don't want to, that, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you look back and everybody does this. Like you look back at certain points in your life and you stack up all the bad. Yeah. And you you can't see through that to see deeper into what, okay, who was I actually? You just stack up, man, I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. That was a mistake. I shouldn't have said that to whoever. Right. I shouldn't, have, shouldn't have done those things, whatever. And it's those are the things that That's, stand out in your mind yeah. because you've revisited them so many times. So many times. Constantly. I guess you're still doing it. Still doing the check for me. Gotcha. Just in a different way. Gotcha. Thank you. I got a Rolodex of information up here for you. Yeah, you do. Nice. Nice break. Sponsor. (laughs) New sponsor. (laughs) Celsius. Live fit. Like that. I like that a lot. And a word from our original sponsor, Bud Light. 
the unofficial, official, unofficial, official, unofficial, unofficially, official, unofficial, official, official, unofficially, official, unofficial, 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 unofficially, definitely unofficial, official, officially, unofficial sponsor. God's water. Bud Light. Crush it. All right, not gonna open it because I don't feel like drinking at all. <laughs> so I'm just gonna put that in the fridge um, the, the, when this episode no, is over. No, no, you're not. Now that you said that, you're not. Okay. Because your fans have a, a reasonable expectation that you are gonna do the things that are required to get Bud Light as a fucking sponsor. That's true. That's true. You're right. Sam specifically bought Bud Light for me since you know I was coming. And I love Bud Light. And he so. loves Bud Light, so I don't think you really need to. I think we could have just led and. We could have led with that and we could have finished with that and you could have just known through that statement how much we love each other, but we we gave you so much other <laughs> inside before that that uh we're gonna just gonna leave we're gonna leave on that note. Sam, do you have any um I thought we were gonna I thought we were gonna cue into this or we we, we glossing. We're saving that for next saving month. That? Okay. Uh, Sam will be back on the pod for a fourth time, but he will be joined by a few of our other friends that were on the same one. Uh, that happened in episode one because our buddy Scott, who was on that episode, it's called Best Friends. Um, check that one out. In the gyms, yeah, really good. It was a really solid episode. I don't think I was as good as a podcaster then as I am now because it was almost two years ago. But we still managed to have a really good episode. And also, a funny part about it, I didn't have a, t- a camera stand, so one of our friends, Jesse, was literally just holding it with her hands for like two straight hours, which is like a lot. It's like very hard work. So shout out to Jesse. She was on an episode. Uh, we filmed another one when she visited me like two weeks ago, and that'll come out like right before this one comes out. And then so you have all this information for when we do, um, you know, Best Friends or The Gyms Part 2. And we have a few like nuggets of uh, Sam wisdom here. That yeah, he's... These are like my internal thoughts on rules, not necessarily rules, but things that I, I go back to. That you circle back to when things... And, don't take it too seriously. Yeah, but there's some good nuggets on here that I read. There are. And there's two or three that I want to dive into. Um, we were going to do it right now, but I made an executive decision to introduce it to our friend group next month because our friend Scott had a baby, which is absolutely fucking magical. Uh, and they live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So we'll go out there, see that, have a great time, see the baby. Um, maybe go to Brookings where our old school was located. But we'll, we, we will record a pod and we'll discuss the Sam Pack 12 Rules of Life Wisdom. Yeah, and if you, if you go back and watch the old episode and you're, you want to learn more about Scott, you're going to get nothing because he did not speak. Yeah, he was... Entire, when he did, it was just <laughs> mindless dribble. Was, and he's such, a, he's such a brilliant guy. Oh, he's incredibly intelligent. Yeah, he's a brilliant guy. He just got his MBA. He's like... Uh, I think you gave him stage fright. But yeah, I think he was just a little nervous. Uh, because he's a very outgoing guy. Yeah. He's got a, loads of personality. Uh, his, yeah. So, and he was an incredible baseball player as well. Fucking could really stroke it as a hitter. Um, but yeah, that's it. Do we have any last minute uh, comments, questions, concerns, funny stories, anecdotes? Enjoy your day, everybody. Fantastic. Thank you for watching. Share this with a friend, a close friend, and then tell him you love him. Share this episode with them. Thank you for watching, and uh, cheers. Okay, my sign. Say, sign out.